Hello again, listeners, and thank you for coming back to Cup of Joe with Tim, where we talk about what's going on in and around the Concordia University of Edmonton campus. And with me, as always, my partner in podcast crime, President and Vice Chancellor Tim Lorman. Hi, Tim. Hi, how are you, Josephine? Great to be back here again. Yes, I'm good. How was your weekend? It was uh, wonderful, actually. Excellent. An extra long weekend, too. Yeah. So today's podcast is the first in a leadership series that we're doing to get to know your senior administrative leaders. I've asked my senior leaders to come onto our podcast because it's important for our community to understand who we are and what we do, because it does have a significant impact on our community. Mm-hmm. Our de- guest today is Dr. Barb Vanningen. She is the Provost and Vice President Academic for Concordia University of Edmonton. Ever wonder what a provost is? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. What does her work day look like and how does she make her decisions? Let's get some answers from Barb after this. So welcome to the broadcast and the podcast here, Barb. So I acknowledge that this is a little bit out of your comfort zone. I know you don't love being center stage, but I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to our students and talk to our faculty and staff today on this podcast. So you have a long history with Concordia University of Edmonton, starting with your own education. So we kind of joked about this as we were preparing for this podcast, but that you your blood runs blue and gold. So why don't you just start? by telling us your Q story. Sure. Thanks, Josephine. So my Q story actually starts back in the summer of 1992. I was 17 years old Mm -hmm. and had just graduated from high school. I was born and raised on a dairy farm outside of a small town called Redwater and attended Redwater High School. There were actually just 23 of us in my graduating class. And so when it came time to think about attending university, I was absolutely looking for a smaller campus experience. And Concordia fit me perfectly. I immediately felt a sense of connection and belonging here. So I completed a three-year Bachelor of Arts degree, and then I spent a year working with youth at risk. At the end of that year, It was really quite a a good coincidence. Concordia actually opened its Bachelor of Education after degree. Mm. That was back in 1996. And I became part of the first Concordia education cohort. After graduating with my education degree, I taught elementary education with Edmonton Public Schools for three years. And then following that, I started a master's degree in counseling psychology. And I started to work at Concordia in January of 2002 as the campus counselor. It was just within a couple years of that that I was teaching sessionally within Mm -hmm. psychology and education. And then over time, administrative positions opened up, including the director of student life and learning, the dean of students, and then the vice president student life and learning roles. In 2009, I started a doctoral program, earning my PhD four years later. When the previous VPA's term was up, I applied for the provost and VPA position and have happily served in that (laughs) capacity for the past two years. So all told, I've been connected to Q for 31 years and an employee for almost 22 years. Concordia is so much a part of me and has given me everything in my life. Bob, you told me, I know this is a a bit of a detail, but a few years ago, you told me a story about your 
first time that you ever came onto our campus, uh, and I believe it was with your mum and, and how you felt. And can you tell us a little bit Ooh. more about sure, that? Yeah. Sure, Yeah, so it was the summer between high school and university, and my mum and I pulled up to the front of Concordia outside of um, Shoreman on Ada Boulevard, and I got out of my mum's car, which was uh, an Oldsmobile, <laughs> and uh, as soon as I stepped out, I, I looked at her and I said, no, I, I don't want to come here. Oh. I just had this feeling I did not want to come here and she encouraged me to come in to just check it out so we came inside and went to the registrar's office uh, and I talked with a fantastic advisor by the name of Janet Kramer who uh, I later came to know was the wife of then president Richard Kramer and so she very graciously and kindly welcomed me to Concordia uh, gave me some tips and helped me register and I left that meeting very excited to become a member of the Q community. Wow that's such a good story but just illustrating how pivotal and what an important role our staff members play here in making students feel comfortable so thank you for sharing that that's Mm -hmm. great. I don't think um that sort of a warm reception has changed much in 32 mm-hmm. years. So. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob, one of the things I appreciate about you is is your ability to liaise with multiple groups of people. You work with students, you work with faculty and staff and with other administrators, um, and you have two titles. It's Provost and VP Academic. So how do you describe the difference between these two roles and what responsibilities and duties are you accountable for in these respective roles? Thank you, Tim. Uh, As I mentioned, Q is absolutely a special place for me. It's a community that I'm honored to belong to, and it's such a privilege for me to work with students, faculty, staff, and other administrators. The VPA is Q's chief academic officer and under the president is responsible for the creation and implementation of the academic priorities for Q. That means that as Vice President Academic, my job is to promote and maintain a distinctive academic vision for Q. As VPA, I work closely with the deans, faculty, and staff to provide an outstanding academic and student experience at Q. It was really quite exciting over the past year to work with the faculty to create Q's academic plan for 2023 to 2028. Now, the role of the provost is a bit broader than the VPA role, as the provost really connects the academic mission to all areas of the campus community. As provost, I work closely with the other VPs to support administrative and student operations. And this work is really reflected across the campus community as we continue to ensure that we are a thriving academic community within our sustainable financial situation. At Q, each portfolio is aligned with our mission and vision and the board's strategic direction of people, place, and purpose. So this role then is quite different than what you kind of first started in your career. So you're somebody who has worked in her chosen fields. So first as a teacher and then as a practicing psychologist and then later in student services before you made this switch into administration. So just from a career track perspective, maybe just tell us a bit more about what led you to become a post-secondary administrator and why did you choose this career track when you could have gone and done anything else in your other kind of background? 
Sure. Well, really similar to the conversation that I had with Janet Kramer, I also had a really pivotal conversation with a former colleague, Dr. Catherine Eddy. She was Concordia's Dean of Arts and Science. She actually approached me when I was the campus psychologist, and she said she thought that I would be good at administration. And it was not something I had thought about before then, as I was extremely happy serving Q students in my role as psychologist. Mm -hmm. And Catherine mentioned to me that she loved meetings. And I really couldn't imagine loving <laughs> meetings. <laughs> but now I actually think I understand what she likely meant. I think she was talking about meetings where colleagues gather together to perhaps review an issue, to generate some ideas, mm. and to choose how they want to take action in order to improve the campus community in some way. So those meetings are actually exciting. <laughs> and over time, uh, opportunities presented themselves for administrative roles. And I always said yes, because I love Concordia and I wanted to serve Concordia in any any way that I possibly could. So I'm not quite sure that I can say I chose administration, <laughs> but rather in a way it chose me. And I am incredibly grateful for that. Bob, it, you and I both know that when making the decisions that we have to make at the senior level, uh, the way forward is not always clear. And Oftentimes, no matter what decisions are made, there will be consequences, and those consequences can be both positive and negative, uh, a mixture of both, you know, one or the other. Mm -hmm. So can you please describe your decision-making process? Sure. I guess what I really try to do is just gather some data, all the data that I possibly can and all the viewpoints to understand the issue properly. And then where possible, try to involve those who will be impacted by the decision, or at the very least, try to consult them. And sometimes a team makes a decision, but sometimes it's really just down to you. And in those cases, you have to weigh up what's best for Q and our students and then decide accordingly. I think those are some of the toughest decisions where you you just have to make the call and you know the buck stops with you and um, that's the for me one of the most challenging pieces about being a senior administrator. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I feel as though um, you know people generally appreciate that those are difficult decisions and uh, extend some courtesy and grace to to us in those decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think because you care so much about this Q community that taking kind of the the best decision for this community is always going to be the priority and I appreciate that as part of your leadership as well uh, thank you you're welcome all right so academic excellence we talked a little bit about that that obviously falls under your portfolio as well so what is and how would you describe academic excellence and why is it important for a university to focus on this and what steps do you think that we as Q take in order to maintain academic excellence in our institution Okay, well, for me, academic excellence refers to high quality, exceptional performance and rigorous standards, both mm. in teaching and research and learning within an educational institution. So thinking about it in terms of teaching and learning, this really involves providing students with a rich 
and intellectually stimulating learning environment where they get to acquire knowledge, critical thinking skills, and problem-solving abilities. The excellent instructors at Q are definitely at the core of this, and I know this firsthand. Yes, we hear that all the time from students. Agreed. Uh, in terms of research and scholarship, academic excellence really pertains to the generation of new knowledge as well as contributions to the academic field through research, scholarship, and artistic endeavors. And Q has faculty members who engage in research that results in impactful outcomes, mm. both for the Q community and the world. Academic excellence is also about high standards for student performance and achievement. And Q's instructors are gifted at inspiring students to strive for these high standards. Q also strives for academic excellence by investing in new facilities for classrooms and labs. We're seeing that with our new academic building mm -hmm. that are designed to meet the needs of the Q community, as well as through our library and support for research. And I think it's important for Q to focus on academic excellence because this then ensures that students receive a high quality education that will equip them for their future paths. Q's mission, as we all know, mm -hmm. is to prepare students to be independent thinkers, ethical leaders, and citizens for the common good. And Q graduates absolutely have a reputation for the skills and the knowledge that they acquire here in their studies. And we're also a part of um, a, the University's Canada group as well, too, right? And so then there's a bit of kind of rigor and some accountability that we keep within our peers as well, too. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Concordia is one of almost 100 uh, post-secondary institutions that belong to Universities Canada. And um, they're, uh, you know, like-minded institutions mm -hmm. that are also focused on academic excellence. Yeah. Well, it's full reading week as we record this. And uh, as much as it's a nice break <laughs> for, <laughs> for many people, uh, it is also traditionally a more difficult time for students. Uh, and for, for many in our community. Money's often running tight around this time of year and the, the pressure of the school year has sunk in with the end of semester finals uh, just on the horizon. So what are your best tips for staying on track academically for students as they approach the end of the semester? Well, this is something I've spent a lot of time thinking about and talking to students about. And I think the key thing is really setting achievable short and long-term goals for academic success. Because when students have strong time management, study skills, and resilience, it's much easier for them to stay on track academically. And one of the critical skills for staying on track is effective management of your study time. Mm. This helps to ensure that you stay on top of all your readings, assignments, and exams. Because managing your time well requires you to stay organized, you have to prioritize your tasks, as well as planning out a regular study schedule. Developing uh, and maintaining good study habits is really critical mm -hmm. to academic success. Because when you make good study habits a part of your daily routine, it can increase your efficiency, your confidence, as well as your effectiveness in reducing anxiety about your coursework. The reality is that for students, their days are already packed with mm -hmm. work, family, and other personal responsibilities. So it's crucial that they carve out time to devote to studying. 
Now, students can't expect to meet their goals if they're experiencing burnout. And that's why it's so important to take care of their physical as well as their mental health. Mm -hmm. And those are things that we definitely prioritize here at Concordia. And there's some effective ways that students can take our take care of their bodies uh, that include things like eating a well-balanced and nutritious diet as well as exercising regularly and remember that being active doesn't have to involve going to the gym right. although we do have a really good gym here on <laughs> campus but it can also mean going for bike rides or just a walk around the neighborhood and we have such a walkable campus here too we do it's in such a beautiful community mm-hmm. Uh, Students should also really try to prioritize sleep because that helps to boost the immune system. It helps us reduce stress, and it can also increase our ability to focus on our studies. Did you know that getting outdoors can improve your mental health? Because not only will you enjoy the fresh air, but exposure to sunshine is Mm, also believed to increase the release of serotonin, which is a hormone that's associated with improved mood as well as a sense of calm and concentration. And lastly, I would say that leaning on people who support your educational journey is really critical. Mm -hmm. Open up about your accomplishments as well as your challenges with family and friends because it can be really helpful to share with instructors or classmates and other students can absolutely also be a great support. The other thing is that students can also access great supports for their academic and their mental health through our campus life Mm -hmm. in our Student Success Center. Yeah, absolutely. And people should take advantage of our Q community. That's one of the reasons why people come to Concordia University of Edmonton is for the community. So rely on that community to kind of help you through some of those darker times if and when you encounter them. Yes. And I, again, I experienced that firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. Your point about the time management really resonates with me. I wasn't the smartest or most (laughs) devoted student perhaps as an undergraduate, but it was time management that really was the key to, to me being successful and being able to get through it. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even scheduling in, for example, you know, two hours to just in your actual day timer to block it out and say, this is going to be devoted just to studying for this amount of time that I have, because every little bit counts. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for being on our podcast. We really appreciate it. And to wrap up our episode and to get to know you a little bit better, we're going to play a game that you've probably played before, Two Truths and a Lie. So we've prepared three statements, two of which are true and one is a lie and we're going to have the other two people try to guess which one is the lie so are we ready to play ready ready Ready? yeah all right let's do this okay so i will read my first my statements first and you guys can guess which is the lie okay statement number one i once danced in the gray cup halftime show with shania twain that's statement one statement two i love bugs and collect them and preserve them in specimen cases Number three, I once met Denzel Washington in a street market in Rome. So which of those, two of those are true, one is not? Any guesses? Shania Twain is the lie, I'm going to say. Okay, okay. What about you, Barb? I'm going to say the bugs. 
All right. So one of you is right and one of you is wrong. Barb yes, is correct. Right. No, Barb is correct. <laughs> oh. I actually hate <laughs> bugs and I'm allergic to most of them. So I absolutely cannot stand them. But I did dance in the halftime Grey Cup show in, I think it was 2002 or I think it was. It was a long time ago um, in the halftime show with Shania Twain. And I did once meet Denzel Washington in a street market in Rome. And he was looking at a whole table full of knives. <laughs> and that's when uh, <laughs> me and some other backpackers approached him and said, are you Denzel Washington? And sure enough, it was. Oh, nice. Did you meet Shania Twain as well? Unfortunately, no. But I was probably within 20 feet of her. Yeah. I mean, that's close, okay. right? Yeah, like proximity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tim, why don't you go next? Okay, statement one. I have personally met a member of royalty. Hmm. Statement two. I was a Boy Scout in the 1980s. And statement three. My grandfather fought in Italy in the Second World War. Hmm. I'm going to say Boy Scout is a lie. Although you did say you started a fire this weekend. So <laughs> maybe that's where that skill comes from. But I'm going to stick with Boy Scout. I'm going to say the first one. I think you've been physically close to royalty, but I don't know if you've met them. Hmm. Okay, Bob, you are correct. Oh, yes, I, have, oh I am never two for met, two. Never met uh, a member of royalty and... I've never really been physically close oh. to a member of royalty. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Very good. You are two for two. Good job. Yeah. Let's see if we can guess yours. Okay. So statement one, uh, when I was 12, I was walking through the woods near our farm. And I actually walked into a beehive, but amazingly, I was only bitten by one bee. Hmm. Statement two, I've never dyed my hair. Statement three, I played basketball in junior and senior high school. Hmm, what do you think, Tim? I think statement three is a lie. No, I think Barb was a basketball player. I, I can sense that. She's tall. So that's where I'm coming from for that one. I'm going to say number one was wrong. The bee stings. You are right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. There was a time when I was stung by a bee. I was outside with one of my sisters and uh, she told me to stay and she ran away and I stayed and I got stung. <laughs> that was one time when you should have listened to your sister. I hey? should have. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Cup of Joe with Tim. Catch up in between shows at concordia.ab.ca or at your student life and learning newsletter. And don't forget about our game day Fridays. Wear your Concordia Thunder or, or Q branded merchandise for your chance to win a prize from Tim himself. So, okay, one... Uh, as we close now, I'll just go over to you, Tim, for the last word. Bye for now. Be kind, do good, and lead well. <laughs> <laughs>